You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All righty. Right. We are live at Liberty County. We are live. In Miami. Woohoo! In sunny Miami, but it's rainy Miami. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not too bad. Sun keeps peeping out. Yeah. We had a good day of sunshine yesterday, right? Yes, we did. We hit the beach. We hit Muscle Beach. We were doing some push ups and some pull ups. Nice flexing. <laughs> We, we tried to. You had to get jacked for Miami, you know. <laughs> you got to catch the, up with the Joneses. You got to go in the ice tank after, so everything shrivels up, <laughs> and then you're looking real good. You know, give like a pump and then shrivel real quick. But, yeah. Tony, people know people know Tony, but we, we got to introduce okay. Travis, yeah, man. I this you. first time meeting you in yeah. person, and I yeah. actually just discovered you. I think it was last week okay. on YouTube. Okay. I would just searched Monero to see like what the latest hottest video was, and I like filtered okay. by most viewed, and like you popped up. Uh, yeah, and I went to your channel. I'm like this guy, who is this guy? I'm like I see you've been <laughs> talking about Monero for a little bit. Yeah, quite some I, I time. Kind of throw it in there, like as a sound money. You know, it's it's on the fringe of sound money. So, but I think it's important that people understand what Monero is and that. You know, and understood what crypto is. I don't think a lot of these people understand what crypto is. So when I first came around crypto, it was at this conference, 2010, 11, Crazy. definitely 11. Like 11 is the moment where I was like, all right, so my, one, of the, one of the staff members of SFL traded a Bitcoin for a beer. And I was like, wait up, flag on the play, hold on. Cause I've got like my buddy over here telling me there's 21 million of these things. And I know there's more than 21 million like German beers, like whatever. So what, I, something's not lining up. And they're like, well, Trav, you just buy more. You just, just load it back on your phone. And like, you know, it's all, and that was like before cold wallets were a thing and things like that. And actually I come into the conference hall this morning and brought my daughter so she could be around some of the OGs that were, were part of uh, the SFL movement suits for Liberty. And uh, and I saw you interviewing Ross's mom, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's Doug, Doug is here! Like Monerotopia is here!" And I, so I waited, and I'm glad we were able to connect. So yeah, that was super cool yeah. that uh, I was able to talk to Ross's mom, and she actually downloaded Cakewell and let us send her some Monero. She was aware of Monero, yeah. And you you met Ross, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I met Ross at what we called Snowmageddon. So SFL had this conference, and maybe you guys can put it in the comments if you were there. It was like 2009, probably 10. One of those years, I was a, it was at an American at American University in Washington D.C., and it just snowed like a snowstorm. We weren't sure we were going to get in or we were going to be able to get out. And like D.C., if you've I never, remember snowmageddon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. D.C. can't handle snow; they don't have plows yeah. and stuff. Like it's just not an area that gets a lot of snow. And they got like I don't know, 12 inches overnight or something crazy. Mm -hmm. And so it was the fur. It was the second or third conference of SFL. Really small group. Uh, Alexander McCobin, the founder of SFL, had rented out this cool bar. We put all these people on these buses. We took them over to the side of the city. And it was just like college kids at this bar talking about libertarian ideas until like 3 a.m. It was nuts. And Ross had such a concept of the ideas. Like he knew, like he just knew Rothbard and Mises and Hayek and like, and he knew how to apply these things. It's one thing to know about the invisible hands and talk about Adam Smith. It's a total another thing to be able to, well, at the time, none of us knew. But we were like, how do we build an organization that could, like, if you could put these ideas in your organization, it would just be fire. It would just, it would be in theory. If you could really put free market concepts inside of an incentive system for your stakeholders, employees, et cetera, you would think something magical would happen. Only guy up to that point that had been doing anything was Charles Koch. And he was running, like, he still is, the, the Cokeopus of DC, where they fund all these organizations. And they essentially set the agenda. 
for where what what these you know Americans for prosperity maybe you know they've kind of separated now but like you know Cato a lot of in, a lot of influence over Cato a lot of in, in, over you know IHS a lot of like all these you know Coke is a large funder and he had a book called Science of Success where he ran his company on free market ideas he took Hayek and he kind of retroed it and it wasn't until 2016 where I'm watching the news and like Ross is in it and I'm like you know what's going on here and we had no idea that the Ross has essentially built Silk Road, and in my opinion, at that time, was the most successful entrepreneur in American history as far as the timeline and the value and the revenue and the amount of product that was shipped. It wasn't just illegal drugs. It wasn't just you know, it was anything. It was an eBay essentially running on Bitcoin, and no one knew who the other people working on the thing were. None of the other devs knew who the other devs were. They had this entire. You know, I mean, you can only watch it now in the documentaries to try to understand what's going on. What you find is that he had applied these concepts and the growth rate was insane. And in my opinion, he created the first DAO, like the first autonomous, uh, decentralized autonomous organization. And if you look at what the, what the Fed stole from him, uh, Ross was a billionaire in less than an 18 month period of time in today's value, in today's terms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was the first successful entrepreneur yeah, of Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, that he's, I mean, he's one he, of the, he provided the first use case. For I me. mean, he, yeah, he's one of the most successful American entrepreneurs America has ever produced. Like, I mean, his growth rate was just spanking what Rockefeller, what Ford, what jobs, what Gates, I mean, may, maybe Gates and him were the only two that really had the same growth rate. If you really look at it and you can say there's a lot of things there, connectivity, internet, a lot of things helped him, but the fact that no one knew who was working at this organization, no one knew who buyers and sellers, and the fact that this was a major problem, and it was such a problem that they had to can the entire idea in a big kind of way. I mean, that's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I asked Lynn, Ross's mom, a difficult question. You know, I was basically asking her, you know, what, what advice would she give to, you know, people out there that are also entrepreneurs in crypto, people in Monero land that are also you know, perhaps working on controversial ideas for their time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her response was, and oh. this is coming from a mother whose child is in jail for a double life sentence was don't break the law. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I totally respect that and understand that. And I can only imagine the, the, the you know, yeah. what, what she's going through. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, you know, he did, I, you know, he did it. Right. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't think we, we we regret that he did this. I mean, um, I think it was an amazing thing. He saw an opportunity. He wanted to create a, a use case for Bitcoin. He wanted to create an idealistic free and open market. And he put his his ethics before, you know, what he's what the letter of the law was and went ahead and did it. I don't um, even think in fairness to Ross. I mean, we I I mean, we were 20, mm -hmm. 21. I mean, we would. And we were, I mean, he was a little older than I was. And he was in grad school at some point. I, when you're that age, we didn't know. We just thought, man, you come to a conference like this and you and you talk about these ideas and say, you're not even thinking about the power of the federal government. You're not even thinking about the corruption of the federal government. You're not right. thinking about like, hey, these people are literally psychopaths and have a huge force on the on the use of force, mm -hmm. a huge monopoly on the use of force. They have all of their people in on all their judges spots. They have, you know, the idea that you really live in a free and open society is hilarious. But when you're a young kid, you're like, oh, we can just change things, man. We can do whatever. And the idea I think got way ahead. Like, I don't even think he had a concept of how big it would be. And then all of a sudden he's now running the ship of something that is literally scaling to like an eBay. And it's just like, obviously, the feds are going to throw whatever they can throw at it. And they're going to find they're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the U.S. government. And um, but the thing is, is, is that it wasn't instead of I mean, it was probably it, it was early days. But if we look at what Ross has accomplished, I mean, this is what makes America America. This is our best hope with what the BRICS nations have going on now and their commodity-backed currency and the fact that we kick people out of the SWIFT system, which is insane. I would love to hear your opinion as a, as a European on, like, what is the U.S. doing forcing our enemies to get 
to be friends. Like, what what are we doing? Like, we're forcing people off of the U.S. dollar. Like, we we stole Russia's bank reserves. Like, are you kidding me? Like, without any due process, without we took Russians' yachts because they had a a passport from Russia because of an act that their president, who's elected or not elected, they, like what? What are we doing here? You know, like Sweden is kicking Russians out, like Russian-speaking people out. What's going on? But at the end of this, I think that America looks at what's going on and we go, okay, maybe we have to embrace Web3 and crypto and maybe America is the place this happens. It could go other places, but maybe America is like where this actually happens. And that's our our second wind, if you will. And in which case, I mean, Ross is the, I mean, you go, Doug. You, yeah, I see, I see your <laughs> wheels going and it's like, yeah. I got a lot of things. Yeah. First of all, how did I just find out about you, man? Because uh, I feel well, I'm like in the comments. If you go through some of these okay. videos, I listen while I drive. But, but what do what do we? So what I do we comment, all? But if I'm at traffic light, I'm like, I gotta get a comment because I know it helps out. <laughs> guys, comment below. Hit these videos, like them, share yeah. them, send them to your mom. Like, you know, hey, mom, just check this out. This is a good conversation when you find something value. But comment, it helps. What's the name of your channel? Onsite Trav is my main one. Definitely check out at, this guy's at, channel, at, and then, Wealth of Knowledge, and then yeah, Light like, Capital. I just started like a. The economic ninja encouraged me to start like capital. Uh, just he's like, dude, just go finance and economics and just crush. Because the on-site trap stuff was like business and excavation and homesteading and stuff like that. So, like, so yeah, like you've capital. been doing it for years, and then you slowly started talking about <laughs> I mean, like, look, crypto stuff. The repo market happened in September of nineteen. Robert Kiyosaki was like, "Whoa, this is huge." Repo market is like if you and I were running Walmart the companies and we got short on payroll and we needed cash and we had some UST bills. We go to the Fed; they give us cash overnight. Everyone settles checks. Your employees' checks don't bounce. Everyone's cool. We're cool. No one knows we're basically broke, but we're not broke because we have the assets to loan against. And so this repurchasing market is is this pool of money. Well, this thing went negative. Like, and the Fed had to liquidize it with a billion. Excuse me, a trillion dollars. And this is before anyone had heard of a trillion. This is before 2020. And Robert Kiyosaki's out there going like, hey, guys, pay attention. September 19th of 2019, yeah. pay attention. And I took all my content and I was like, yo, guys, this is not the recession. This is the 80, 90 year debt cycle. There's a lot of, you know, we go down the rabbit hole that, you know, this is the Sumitra's coming up. We got the debt jubilee coming. There's a lot of things about to happen. British pounds. This is before it was happened. This is before COVID. But. I switched all my content at that point. I was like, whether if people drop off, great. If not, I just want Gary V with it. And I was like, dude, this is this is what I'm about. I've been here since like 2009, 2010. I mean, I was in Liberty House, lived at Liberty House. We had a place called Liberty House where all the founders we we eventually got evicted. But like like we <laughs> <laughs> so we moved to Liberty Manor, which is more upscale. Uh, but uh, but yeah, where and, was Liberty House? Uh, it was in, on North Taylor Street, 1710 North Taylor Street, uh, in Arlington, Virginia off the orange line and it was a great we had this little place that exist that was built in the 80s before the metro stop was there before the train was there and everyone ripped down these houses and built these beautiful mcnansions and you know guys in their 50s with their like 30 year old wives and young children would live there and drive their bmws and then there was like us and we had this like ratted down like slumlord landlord house like nine guys in there like just trying to you know 400 a month of rent and just building you know, SFL as volunteers or employees or, you know, or working at other organizations in DC and people traveling and out. It was just, it was Liberty house. Like, I mean, everyone, the OGs of, of SFL know about Liberty house. Like there's, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the Liberty movement right now? Is that, I mean, it's, it's weak, man. It's weak. It's weak, dude. Weak is it's weak, weak, weak. Like we're, we're getting snowed and, and no one seems to care. So yeah, it's a problem. I mean, I, the mask thing was weird to me. It was like, what's going on? You know, like I did some EMT training and they would always teach you about going into a fire, this, that. And it was just like these, you know, smoke particles are a hundred times bigger than viral particles. And like, they will tell you, you need to take off any mask that you're wearing, apply your, you know, oxygen. Like, so when they were like, oh, masks are the solution. It's like, are we doing social conditioning? Right. I think we're doing and social everybody just complied. They all just Everyone just rolled with it. And it was like, all right. And so I started diving down like the revolutions podcast and starting to figure that out. And it, at the end of the day, the math is if 3% of your population decide to get crazy and 20% of your population decide to fund it games on baby. And like, I think at this point we're probably in economic hard times have to happen first. Food supply has to get real serious. And then when you hear your soccer moms and this is key, it's not coming from your 18 to 
30 year old single males. It's not where it's coming from. It's coming from your mother of two, mother of three, having a hard time literally affording to feed her children. Or, and that's when things get gnarly. When the mothers start to get catty, they are the organizers. They are the moms for liberty. They are the ones that start. And you need to watch these movements because they will rally the men. And I think we're at the very like initial phases of that. And so I like kind of a pep- pessimistic short-term view, long-term view. I think we're moving to decentralization. I don't think there's any way to hold it back. And I think we're going to have to. Like, what, what role do you ultimately see Monero playing in all, in all this? So Monero is mineable. This is key. Crypto used to be electricity to miner, which would be your computer, like regular Dell, like issued work laptop. You would mine two or three coins for the year. You'd run that thing while you were at work. It would just sit on your desk. Your roommates and you were sharing the electricity. So you're like, whatever, it's just a laptop. Uh, you get one or two or three you know, coins a year and you're like, oh, this is cool. A couple of kids would have an Xbox or you know, some, some, some nerd would figure it out. And that's how people trade Bitcoin like in 2011. Then there was, you know, there was uh, Mt. Dox happened later. But this is before Mt. Dox. You know, this is just like, oh, my friend introduced us to Bitcoin. How much is Bitcoin? Three dollars. Oh, you know, one of the SFLers is over in Germany trading it for a beer. And it's just like, what's going on? Like, let's have a real conversation on what's actually happening. This is before Venmo. PayPal's slow at this point. You know, like there's no real way to go from phone to phone. So people are like, oh, this is cool. We can like swap around Liberty coins. And uh, but then what happened is the algorithm for Bitcoin that keeps Bitcoin going increases difficulty level, which is amazing. It puts a floor underneath Bitcoin and it makes it a 51 percent attack on electricity. Like at some point in time, if you get five million dollar Bitcoin, one of the highest values is going to be to mine Bitcoin and it's going to be competitive. Hash rates can be high. Everyone who's like quantum computers, it's like, maybe it just depends. Like, so, I mean, it's important to see what makes gold work. And what makes gold work is what makes Monero work. Gold grows at 2 to 3% a year, supply-wise. And it's important because there are times where gold uh, is found. There's a big gold rush, so there's an oversupply. So, therefore, the price goes down. So, the cost of diesel fuel and labor relative to the gold doesn't incentivize. So, they stop producing as much. And on a long-term view, it stops and slows, starts and slows. This is how an economy works. With crypto, it's immediate. And you and I were discussing, like, baseload power. where So, if you, if you want to start baseload power, we just went through a hurricane. So we're, I have my daughter over here because it's like, hey, do you want to just like go live in normalcy for a moment? Because like we have neighbors that don't have roofs at this point. So things are wild over where we're at. But baseload power is a thing. We need people to come in and like provide baseload power. That's like when you don't have electricity for a week, it gets pretty real. You know, it, like your food's gone in two days. Like electricity knocks a lot of things out. Grocery stores empty. You know, like things get real in like four days. No showers, no hot water. You know, that stuff gets real real quick. And so what makes Monero unique is the fact that it's electricity to crypto to goods and services, completely anonymously, completely privately. Essentially, what we're doing is we're trading electricity and people are going to figure out how to produce electricity. And we're in a time where electricity and energy are like the base unit of society. It is life. Like Doomberg talks about this all the time. It's like electricity is life or, or energy is life. We're at a spot where the world wants to have this weirdness towards like, I don't even know how to describe what's going on in energy right now, mm-hmm. but I know that adjusted for fiat dollars, adjusted for the fact that we're not investing in supply, adjusted for the fact that demand is rising. There's 1.2 billion people alive today that don't have uh, access to affordable electricity. So the people like cough that, that purchase cough or produce the coffee from Monero talks and you guys should support that and like buy some coffee and uh, like buy some coffee dudes. Like just buy some, <laughs> buy some coffee. Um, and so but what's happening there is essentially we're moving to like, okay, what's value and how do we exchange value? And electricity is a good option. Metals a good option. I sell metals like as a broker for metals. Like I, I believe in it. It's good, really good option for like, I've built some wealth and I want to protect it. Buy some gold, man. Like it's good. Like it's be volatile, but like you're, you can pretty much count on it, man. You can loan against it. It's like real estate. Like Monero functions the exact same way. And it's brilliant in the fact that there's an commissions on it. Where it's just always, there's always gonna be 420, uh, 400,000 or come to mark 384, 384,000 a year Monero coming. Oh, up. the amount per year. Yeah, what the emissions burn. Uh, yeah, the emissions burn. Yeah, per year. Like, I like, don't know. Like there's 18.4, yeah. there's 18.4 million total. Monero every year. Yeah. And so, so essentially what we're doing is like we're figuring out, okay, electricity is gonna be a thing for people that maybe produce the coffee for this show. Maybe it makes sense for us to go, especially now that I know you're a civil engineer. 
like, dude, we need to go build some 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 decentralized power and start powering up some villages and start comparing and being like, does it make more sense at this point in time with the grid hour time to sell it to the village on kilowatt hours? to pump it to the main grid for fiat dollars and have those, you know, the major electricity generator, you know, just wire us money because that's how it works when you own solar. Or do we just store it in, in, in mind crypto and just hold it right now until we want to buy something through the internet or wherever and then we exchange it that way? So if we don't need transmission lines. We're exchanging electricity in another way. But the answer is let's get these 1.2 billion people that don't have electricity plus the Germans, like let's get them some electricity. Like and and so I think that the way that this is going to work is that that's what we're going to move to trading as an actual commodity. It's a speculation, but uh, Buckwister Fuller, famous professor who taught Max Kaiser, okay, and Robert Kiyosaki is one of their mentors and teachers. Mm-hmm. He's since passed, but he essentially is famous for saying like that will be a progression of mankind. That will be part of the ascent of man. Was we will trade energy as our base unit, and gold has been that for us for several thousand years and if you look at gold and you're like oh well the us dollar is not energy backed right now like no the every currency is energy backed it's the petrodollar it's energy backed and it's still actually backed by gold or was if you luke groman has a lot on this but if you look at the price of of uh oil in gold terms 10 to 15 golden dollars like gold would buy you a barrel oil from 74 to 2022 until the invasion of Ukraine. And then at that point in time, it breaks to 18 to the upside. I think at this point, it's beyond that in gold terms. So we've essentially broken the energy market. So now you're seeing the DXY rocket to the moon. All these other nations, one, they don't have enough dollars, which is crazy. Debt-based system is like you always have to keep putting debt out. And then two, these countries can't even afford energy input. So they can't afford the appreciating cost of the dollar. And then on top of that, the appreciating cost of energy. And this is this is a this is a clown show. And so the answer is like you guys watching electricity is I mean, energy is life. And I think that's the biggest opportunity is is energy and food. And I think that they go hand in hand. And somehow or another, it's a little we got to got to grease the wheels. It's not totally an oiled idea. But I think that we're going to trade electricity if we're going to have a globalized society moving forward ish. Yeah. You, before we turn, we, we spoke a lot about, you know, before we even turned the, the video on here, you, you had a lot to say. You have a lot to say about it. It's, yes, it's all yeah, really, really yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's all, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. So, but you, Bitcoin, you're talking about Bitcoin as potentially kind of, you know, replacing the bond, right? Yeah. The bond market, right? It's being, yeah. you know, but do you, do you think because Bitcoin, you know, lacks fungibility, lacks the ability to be digital cash that it, it loses its its base value. Uh, uh, like what what is it what is it riding on? But other than speculation at that point, if it's not really usable as digital cash, like what, what's your take on that? Right, so, How do you view so that? My take is one: it was digital cash in 2012, 13, 14. We were trading this thing as digital cash throughout, you know, for goods and services, and people just load up more and go to you know whatever exchange and and load it up. Yes, it has a fungibility problem. I see that as an awesome thing and a bad thing. So on the awesome thing, what's what's interesting to me using these third-party apps recently is I've been using Venmo. A lot of my customers want to pay in Venmo. So I'm like, all right, we'll take some Venmo. It's a gray area. The IRS is not going to love it, but whatever. We'll just, we'll take Venmo. Why not? And so, you know, they have crypto options, pay this way, that way. You go on Venmo and it's like a news feed of all your friends. And it's like, oh, so-and-so paid so for date night and this and that. And you're like, are you guys for real right now? Like you, I don't like, I know that you paid your roommate for whatever, like, and it's like all public. I, my, I got my transactions on private. Cause like, I view that as like a cool thing. And I'm pretty public about money. I talk about money. Money in my household was never like a negative. It was always like, let's talk about money. But like, you know, now it's like, are we talking about currency? We're we talking about money. You know, these are two different things, but people seem to be public with it. So it's like, maybe I'm wrong. And that like, now we're, we live in an open society and no one cares. So what, here's where it'd be cool. My local government, we're putting a new road. I want to know what we're spending. Bitcoin's awesome for that. Who's spending it? Where's it going? Right. You know, what contractors are getting what? This is awesome. Like, this is cool. Fungibility problem? Yes, unless you have the blessing of the priest and in, in the state is the priest. And so, oh, well, these coins are clean. These clean, these coins are dirty. Okay, so there's a way to incorporate the state and we might need that gateway in. But once we get the Trojan horse in the gate, People have secrets. People, people are dark. People have things that they're uncomfortable with. People have a lack. They don't want to know how much, you know, how, how much do I have? How much do I not have? It's embarrassing, right? It, like, and so privacy makes a lot of sense. 
but also on-ramps. Because if your on-ramp right now is Coinbase, and all of a sudden you're a Canadian trucker, your on-ramp's not Coinbase, baby. And so what are you going to trade your generator fuel for Bitcoin? In theory, you could if you have the infrastructure and you have and you can compete with the right hash rate. But really, you're going to probably just go to RandomX and mine with your Dell laptop and power it up through your mini hydro that you found on YouTube to build. And all of a sudden, you're making decentralized electricity and you're selling it back to the grid, selling it to your neighbor or giving it, or selling it, trading it with your neighbors or turning it into Monero and trading that. And like, I only mention it because my neighbors and I literally trade Monero in like we all have our own little homestead thing going on. Like you're doing I, it, man. You're I doing it. I think you tried yeah. selling like a, a tractor or something. No, like a, a yeah. stump grinder for Monero. Yeah, I'm like, wait, yeah. this guy's good. Yeah. We decided to keep the stump grinder at this point in time. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But, because, you know, yeah good but, thing you didn't sell it, right? It's uh, well, no. Good time to have a stump grinder after a hurricane. Uh, I would yeah. Think. I mean, it's good time. Yeah. It's a good time <laughs> to have a stump grinder. You know, it was certainly better than it was three weeks ago. Yeah. So that's cool that you did that, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, this is how this stuff, I mean, Bitcoin literally came not just out of SFL, but dude, Bitcoin happened because of SFL, like without SFL, maybe Bitcoin finds another path, mm -hmm. but SFL creates Ross Albrick, you know, Ross Albrick, right. You know, creates Silk Road, Silk Road creates user adoption, user adoption creates awareness. Do like, you think we could get some Monero momentum in SFL? Like, why isn't everybody at LibertyCon already well, yeah. well aware of Monero yeah. and the differences between Monero and Bitcoin? So Gen Z, you guys, like, I mean, I spoke to you know, the, I spoke to a couple of people. We got a lot, we onboarded a bunch of people in Monero, but yeah. a lot of just didn't know it. Look, I, you know, I, when I mentioned that Bitcoin's traceable, like. They didn't really know they it. They didn't know. Yeah. I mean, look, we're early and it's yeah. tough to be early. And when you feel alone in investing, you're like, am I alone? You know, my parents think Bitcoin's wild. Bitcoin 60K. Hey, guess what, Dad? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, guess what, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but when you're alone, you know, that's what makes good investors good speculators. There's a great book called Speculator by Doug Casey, who arguably uh, SFL doesn't exist without Doug Casey. That's guaranteed. And uh, yeah, Doug Casey meeting Alexander McCorkovic. Like, Coven and him, like, happened. it's where the magic happened at, um, it was pork or it was freedom. I think it was freedom fest. Mm. And there was two guys, Doug had his friend with him and his friend's a big name. Everyone knows his name. And, uh, and I asked him, I was like, why were you some of the first money in the SFL? Cause you made this like happen. Cause you made Liberty house happen. Like the deposit on that place and everything. And he was like, I walked up to the booth and the aroma of cannabis <laughs> was such that I thought, Let's throw some money at these kids and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. So, so I mean, the the question there, crypto's happening now, right? It's happening, but it's in winter. No one likes things when they're going down. This is great for us. Though. I mean, like, this is great. Like, kind of five thousand dollar Bitcoin. Anyway, let's go. Yeah. Uh, like, this is great, right? This is this is where this is where the this is where it's made. But you got to go out. You got to create value for people. You got to make money right now. You got to find a way. And yeah, there's a recession coming. There's probably a depression coming. And it might even be more than that. If you're in Germany, it's not a depression. It's societal collapse. Like it's what's going to happen. Like here's Germany with electricity. Here's Germany a year later without electricity. How many BMWs are they going to make? Yeah, Tony was talking about right yeah. prices of utilities in Europe, right? Through, yeah, through what's the up with that? Right. Yes. Um, so in Germany, last year in October, I think they were paying 80 euro per megawatt. Okay. And this year, it's close to 600. In France. Last year in October, it was about the same, like 80 to 90 euro per megawatt. This year, it's close to 1,100 euro. So it's hyperinflation. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hyperinflation. Yeah. And the thing is, when these things happen, and you talked about electricity, when these things happen, people can't mine as much Monero anymore. Right. So it's a problem. It is a big problem. And that's why, like you talked about building your own electricity. And um, with that, you can mine your own Monero. Yeah. You know, and make that a possibility. I mean, electricity or energy is the base layer of all things. I mean, you imagine for a thought experiment, we make the cost of electricity a zero just for fun. It's zero. That is fun. We can do anything. Like we can desalinate water right here in the river. We can pump it to Arizona. We can grow crops in Arizona. We can move uh, goods from this way to that way. We can, we can do anything. If the cost of electricity or energy is essentially zero, I mean, you guys want to just fly around a G5 like all night? Just right, like, go, right. let's go get some good food. Like, let's go get some real Cuban food, you know, like, like whatever, <laughs> you know, like it, that, the, the thirst, the human thirst for energy is unlimited. We have unlimited thirst for human energy. And luckily, it, there's an unlimited amount of energy uh, in the universe. We're just, you know, we just have just to now figuring it. out how to tap we into have to it, access right? it. And like back in the early days of SFL, 
the idea was uh, Julian Simon's concept of the ultimate resource is the human mind. Right now, the culture doesn't believe that more human minds is a good thing. We think that less people is a better thing because we've got this woke environmentalism going on, which is really just authoritarianism wrapped mm -hmm. up in some sheep's clothing. And it's going to I mean, we're going to see people die from from the, the policies that are happening here. And there's not much we can do about it. But as individuals, there's a lot we can do about it. But the ultimate resource is the human mind. The only thing that gives value to anything objectively is the human mind. So we have to apply human minds from taking in content and just scrolling aimlessly and mindlessly to apply your mind and your ideas and your network and your resources, no matter what you, I mean, Jesus had 12 guys and one guy was a smock. I mean, you don't need a team, you know, like you got 11 guys and they're badass. Like you got everything you need. And I mean, McCobin had like six. I mean, that was all he needed. And this organization is 164,000 students throughout the world doing things in Africa, India, they're doing, they're everywhere. I mean, Europe, they're everywhere. Uh, several billionaires donate to this organization every year. Like, you know, they got attention. Mm -hmm. And, and so you have to apply and we have to solve these problems. I think we're at the spot where the problems aren't big enough. They're big, but they're not big enough. Give it 12 to 18 months. And like, these things are going to be huge. There's going to be major problems and people are going to get to the grindstone. Like when, when times get hard, tough get going. CBDs, digital IDs, I got to ask you, I uh, just want to know what you think. Bitcoin, do you think, you know, because we talk about a lot, like Bitcoin's a surveillance coin. Do you yeah. think there is some potential for, for Bitcoin to essentially be, be truly co-opted by governments and effectively become like the, you know, the, the CBDC? Yeah. So I always wondered if Bitcoin was kind of this underlying, like we, I mean, look, we were in Washington, D.C. when Bitcoin started to circulate around. And I've had friends that have always been like, yo, it's the CIA, bro. Like you think this that, that this is this easy, and you know SFLers would be like, dude, where where do you think it's popping right now? Is it in San Francisco yet? Why is it not in San Francisco? It's in D.C. Why is it in D.C.? And so, you know, there there was that, and yeah, it's fully traceable. At the time, we didn't think it was traceable, right? We were like, oh, we don't know how a blockchain works. It just sounds awesome. They can't print money. And we were like, real. I was really upset. I found sound money in the Austrian school of thought and Hayek and Mises. And I was like, I can't just print money when they want to. This is messed up. Right. And uh, we didn't know they were going to do that until 09. And then they printed a trillion dollars. And we were like, what? Like, why, why force people to to use yeah. CBDCs if you just get yeah. them to opt into a CBDC? Right. Now, now, the thing is, the pro of that would be, okay, well, it's supply constraint, right? Theoretically, if they don't, but if they allow fractional lending on it, now it's not supply constraint because we can have artificial Bitcoin. You know, we can do this with any, we can have artificial anything. We have more shares of, you know, the SLV, the silver, you know, commodity index than there are actual physical ounces of silver backing up the SLV that mm -hmm. JP Morgan runs. So a lot of people are like, yo, big speculation there. Hint, hint, check out silver. But it, like until these things just snap and you have these breaking points of insolvency and liquidity crises, you don't really know. You don't really see it. So, I mean, it is, but it gives, it extends the olive branch to the state actors and says, look, we're giving up something in exchange for something. We just want a fixed supply of money or a limited supply of money so that we can, so that the base unit of entrepreneurship and economics makes sense. Because like energy, money is that to an economy. Money is that base unit of, am I creating value or destroying value based on the scorecard? How am I winning in the game? I'm out there creating value for other people trying to capture some of that value for me. And there's times where I'm destroying value and money lets me know, hey, bro, you're going broke and you keep doing this, you're going to be broke. And so, but if money just is one of these things where the elites get to print it and then they get to spend it first and then the poor gets stuffed, then we're creating this have and have not society where you're at a, a restaurant you've got people serving you that wear masks. And I'm like, sorry, I, you, I can't, like, I can't be served. Like I, I'm not royalty here. Like I'm not talking to you from a, from a golden crown, you know, like, sit at my table and eat with me, take your mask. You know, I'm just like, I didn't grow up in that family. Like I'm just not of that class, you know, or, or like middle-class chuds is what, you know, where I come from. And, uh, and so, I, yeah, it's an issue, but it's an olive branch. I don't think that they'll take it, but it, it does kind of allow the state of Florida or the, you know, the IRS to be like, Oh, well, this is kind of okay. It's sort of okay. It's an olive branch, but Hey, at the end of it, there's Monero. Monero is the lifeboat on the lifeboat. You know, Monero is is your helicopter on the lifeboat. 
if, if it's an absolute like, yeah, this they're taxing this thing at 95%. They took the gold in 33. They're going to take the big, oh, they can't take my Bitcoin, man. And it's like a lot of my SFL buddies are, you know, like they still like, they can't take my Bitcoin, man. I'm like, oh, they took Ross. Right. And right. they'll take you if they want to take you. Yeah. Like that's, you know, do you have enough Bitcoin? Like does your, does your plane fly faster than their plane? Yeah. Like, you know, some, some of my buddies, them, man, maybe because they were there early. So yeah, but the, the others are like, uh, you, yeah. you can't lose your Bitcoin in a voting accident. That's, uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I think that there's room for, here's what's cool about Monero. Monero is my people. Monero is my tribe. I'm trying to evangelize to expand my tribe. But if you and I want to do transactions, we're going to, we're going to interact in Monero. Other people I interact with in silver. Other people are like dollar plebs. I'm like, that's fine. Do pleb life. We'll do pleb life. <laughs> but like I offer my customers now discounted last year's prices if paid in other currencies. Like I'll, I'll cash settle you in the pleb currency, but I need it paid in a real currency. And it just opens conversations. Very few people do it, but it opens conversations like, what do you mean? The, mm -hmm. They're money printing this and that. And so I think that we're, we're on the cusp of this event. And we're going to, I mean, we're all going to be partaking. The thing about these big events is that you can't sit on the sidelines. There's no, there's no history. It, there's no reality that the American revolution happens and you get to just be like, oh, well, I'm just not going to be involved. I'm going to be a voluntarist. No, not really. The British are going to knock at your door or the T word. They're going to knock at your door. Uh, what we call now the founding fathers. One of these people are going to knock at your door and you're going to pick a side boy. Like that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the only thing mm -hmm. you can do. And you know, the idea of open borders and stuff. Yeah. But we're, we're in a period of nationalism. So like, these are big cycles and, and I don't know, we're early. We're still early. Yeah. You can like, run, but you can't hide. Feels like we've been here for a long, like a decade now, but it, but at the same time, you know, so yeah, it's going to have its time. It's going to have its time. Tony, you want to, uh, you want to throw some news topics out there Sure. for the week? I know, I know we don't have a proper news section, but, uh, you could throw some, some, some of the major news headlines and quickly discuss. Sure, of course. I did send. You sent me one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I have a couple in mind. Actually, I do because I want your opinion on some from last week and one from this week. Yeah. So, Kanye West. I saw that. Yeah. He was debanked. Debanked by <laughs> good by Chase. Good. More. That should More. be an eye, that should be an eye opener, huh? I haven't really been following that. Is that getting a lot of traction? Are people? realizing why that might might be a problem within the crypto space for sure people do yeah. realize that and have been talking about it on twitter and other platforms i'm not sure people outside of crypto if they really realize what's happening and how big of a problem it is everybody should have access to finances and what uh, was he debanked for i don't i don't know the story on it do you, do you know what's going on with that like I what was the a, reason i didn't get a chance i didn't just, get a chance to just make it. a reason let's say he was black <laughs> whatever it may be right that's was what it, it was was right? it because of like no. controversy like things he said or something i, I think so Keep, it, just go with it just yeah we'll just go with that story the point fake, is fake news they fake picked somebody here. and they they debanked them right right and i mean he, the regime is playing with soft power and soft power has reached its limits so they're playing with this cancellation oh we'll go for rogan oops too big you know can't go for rogan and you know horse horse dewormers uh, and so the regime is playing with these these concepts and as they do this, they are forcing Caesar-like moments. And so what occurs here in the late Roman Empire is you've got a guy that comes from nobility. He's a widower. He wants to be left alone. And the, the people at the time were like, let's go for this guy. We need to uproot him from our society. And they kind of forced Caesar to build his own guard, posse up with his boys, the whole thing. And then he just becomes successful at conquest. Like he's just good. And so because he's good, eventually he conquers his enemies. He crosses the Rubicon and then he burns the box of letters. That's just kind of the downfall of Caesar, but also like the first Jesus character 20 years before Jesus, where he's like, no, sins are, sins are forgiven, man. You're all my people now. We've won. There's no enemies. We're, we're all one now. And he burns it. Well, eventually he gets backstabbed. He dies. But his family rules Rome for 100 years. Rome gets 150 years out of they were already in decline. They never re returned to their peak of greatness. But Caesar buys them 100 years. And so we're America is entering into the age of the Caesars, in my opinion. When you see them raid Mar-a-Lago, you see them. We're going to get to a spot where political violence is going to be a normal and boring thing. It's going to be the first thing that's like, because now people are like, oh, there's a food shortage, whatever. Oh, there's this crisis. What, oh, there's bird flu, whatever. 
Like, no one cares. Oh, my goodness, there's a political character just got assassinated. Whoa, this is interesting. We haven't had this in a while. Right. This is juicy, right? It's going to get boring. It's like, it's going to be so boring. Yeah, that, that's the terrifying that, part is yeah, that people just yeah. go along with it and accept yeah but as their currency is imploding as the as the mothers can't afford to feed their children as the farmers can't afford to go to, to market next year because they got wiped on cattle the last year as we're, we're in possibly global cooling maybe a 10-year period of droughtish you know we're we're in, we're in some weird cycles you know like we're just on some big cycles i mean we're seeing lakes or rivers in germany at like all-time lows or not all-time lows but the hunger stones are starting to arise 500 year stones are starting to pop out of the water and that's creepy man like some kid writes on a stone and puts it there 500 years later you're like whoa there's a hunger stone here when you see me cry dude they're writing this on the walls of the riverbank and the stone etching that in and it's been covered for five years because there's been water oh it must be climate crisis man or there's cycles right so oh well we need more communism but the thing is is this is going to force people to grow food this is going to force people to make energy this is going to force people to love each other and serve each other for their own needs and it's going to force people to become more tribal and monero is my tribe and it's expanding and i want access to this tribe you know, if I if I want access to a guy I've never met, but as a hero of mine, Matt Smith, he uh, is the interview guy on Doug Casey's Take, my favorite YouTube show of all time. Doug Casey is all his books. He's Ayn Rand of our time, in my opinion. I never had a chance to meet him yet, and uh, and I want to meet Matt because Matt Matt takes Doug and he's like, "Come on, Doug, let's create some value, even though you're super rich, and let's just do this while you're alive. You know, let's create this." And he's doing it. I would love to interact with Matt Smith. You know, I could have an interaction with Matt Smith if I can ever create value for him in the future, having some Monero, because I know that he's going to take it because he knows, you know? And so it just maybe Kanye is ready to take some Monero too, right? Well, well so we're forcing you, you, guys. Kanye, to if do you're it. listening, you, you cannot be deplatformed from Monero. Here's, so. here's what need, Kanye needs to go get his boy, Will Smith, get him out of the beta club. Will, come on over. Come over. Let's get red pilled. Let's go. Start hanging out with Andrew Tate, who's also got debanked, and like, let's rock Monero. Yeah, what are, what are they waiting for? Oh, uh, I mean, they're 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 trying to assess their options, and when they get to what do we have? Electricity to Monero. Like, there are certain things that are currency. Like in some communities, cannabis is currency. Like I see people all the time in in, in some communities where they trade it around as like, a, oh hey man, thanks for helping me with my house thing. Here's like a dime or whatever it is, you know. And it's like okay, fine. They're trading a commodity. I'm fine with that. You know what's interesting? Because you mentioned the Roman Empire. Yeah. If you look up on eBay, Roman Empire coins. Yeah, they're like valueless. Wild. Cents. Yeah, pennies. Pennies. Yeah. Because they, they, they had so much of it that they're worthless. They're worth nothing. Even now, people yeah, are like, no, they're not yeah. collector's piece. It's wild, right? Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just so I'm I'm I'm, I'm bearish in the short term, but long term, like this is dude, and you guys are just cutting the way. <laughs> we're I mean, we're guys, trying, man. We're really trying. Are. You are Mo motivated by liberty for sure. I mean, look, they're going to force people like Kanye to figure out solutions. Kanye has a big audience. Even if the, I mean, they're playing with the rule with they're playing with the limits of soft power. Oh, we're going to cancel you. Oh, we're going to we're going to debank you. Oh, like, look, if you're going to do Stalin stuff, you got to do Stalin stuff. And if you're not if you don't have the juice, you don't have the juice. And I don't think the current regime has the juice like we're going to find out. But there's an actual Stalin number of, oh, well, we want to get these dissidents to obey. There's a number that you're going to have to take to the chopping block. Are you willing to do it? We'll find out. Like, I don't think that they have the guts. Tony, uh, any other news this week? Any any other stories you want to bring up? I actually want to bring from last week uh, two things. One, we talked about governments potentially adopting Bitcoin first mm -hmm. before finding Monero. So we had a news article on October 4th, and um, it talked about a minister of finance from Russia and they wanted to accept uh, Bitcoin payments yep. for international trade. Yeah. It's the awesome. Bank of Russia didn't want that. They talked about the digital rubble and how they want to implement that. Mm -hmm. So the Minister of Finance wanted, wanted that, but the bank, di the bank didn't. And um, so it's a very interesting contrast between the politicians and, and the banks, at least in Russia. And um, two days later, Europe responded and they banned all Russian wallets. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, wow. essentially, if you, you know, you're flagged if you're 
if you're sending Bitcoin as a Russian, your yeah. account gets flagged, mm. which you can't do with uh, Monero. Tough to be a Russian these days. It is tough, actually. Yeah, super tough. Super tough. Yeah. I met a guy a month ago and uh, he was hitchhiking, so I took him in the car. And uh, he said, I'm from Russia. I've been hitchhiking for the past five years. I, I don't have a job. And actually now it's hard to get a job and it's also hard to to hitchhike to different countries because they, they don't accept me just because he has a Russian yeah. passport. Mm, and he didn't he didn't do anything. He wasn't no, uh, no. Mm. So his regime is, is doing something that yeah, he, he has no influence. He's just a normal citizen. He has no influence over anything. Yeah. Nothing. He's just a guy. I mean the Russians are I mean, we're treating them like we tra- treated the Jews in World War Two. I mean mm-hmm. but never count the Russians out. I would never count the Russian people out no. whatsoever. Like no. I mean no, that is a strong culture. It is a strong, and yeah, they also, they have a strong also uh, sense of uh, you know pride. Yeah, yeah, the Russian people are amazing. And- They're absolutely incredible. I mean, I think it's exciting times. We are very very early still. Mm-hmm. Web three is very interesting. We didn't get a chance to hit on it too much. Maybe Herbit will have another. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. I just see guys working sure. on this Web3 thing, and it's like, what assets do you own? If I build a brand, like you guys have built, worked real hard on this YouTube channel, and it got canceled. Well, okay, do you have an email list backup? And you should. We should put a link, get an email list backup, right? So, all right, we have that, but then what do we do? We have our, our own server. We got to, do we go where the eyeballs are? Do we bring the eyeballs here? And I think that in Web3, we're just going to have our own space we're going to bring it with us from interaction to interaction i don't think we're going to be on facebook servers and then amazon servers which is probably the same servers and then you know instagram or twitter or i think that we're just gonna be like oh here's my photos here's my content here's the articles i publish here's my videos here's the link to my stuff and we're just going to interact uh the one platform i see not even platform because it's decentralized i see doing this and a lot of the early sflers that's why I mention it, just because like they're they'll be watching like they're messing with Urbit. That's U R B I T dot org. You can read about it there. Uh, Urbit dot live. You can kind of buy part of it, you buy your coins. You have to use crypto because it's a crypto solution. But essentially, it's a land grab on a new way to do computing power. I mean, uh, Moldberg, Curtis Yarvin created this like 15, 12, 15 years ago. Peter Thiel is his first backer. You back Facebook. They just had a conference here two weeks ago in Miami. Like, I think big things are coming for Urbit. But to your to your your hitchhiker friend there, I see uh, an avenue where as these as the rules of soft power cancel, what are they going to do? They're going to cancel until they arrest. People are going to go. I need to own my content. I need to own my data. You can do it now, but you got to do it with USBs and flash drives and not Dropbox. Uh, you know, you have to build your own Dropbox. So I think that we're going to move to to that. And then likewise, I got to hold my own currency. If I'm a Canadian trucker, I got to hold my own currency, man. And then what we're doing, I mean, this is the revolution of our part that's really dangerous. We're forcing Canadian unemployed Canadian truckers to go to their friend's house, live on their couch because their truck got repossessed and plot and plan and and try to consider like what what will their next, you know, what will their next moves be? This is dangerous because like I said earlier, if you get 3% of a population and 20% of them are willing to fund it, and that might just, it might not be violent in our case in this period of history. It might, but it might not be. It might just be a movement to crypto. 3% of the people move to crypto and just say, no, I'm interacting in crypto. And 20% go, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'm kind of okay with that. Well, at that point in time, you have a revolution. So tipping point. Tipping point, yeah. <sighs> All right, guys, I think uh, I think we should wrap it up here. Just play the price report and then we can get back to actually just interacting with people at the conference. This is awesome, man. Yeah. So glad we ran into you. Man. So good to yeah, yeah, see yeah. you. I promise. Yeah. Wealth of knowledge. You. I'll definitely uh, be checking out your channel more and, and putting it out there for other people to, to find it. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. hope to see you at Monerotopia as well. I'm going to be there. That's yeah. going to be in the spring next year. I'm sure you'll keep yeah. us abreast of that. Yeah. But yeah. And then I mean, we'll probably talk offline on this, but like I think it'd be cool to start getting your community. I know Doug Casey started a file on file.co, which starts with a PH spelt file. But it's kind of like moving from the uh, Discord to like a little bit better of a solution. Not quite Urbit, but like yeah. a better solution. Urbit's still clunky, but... I think I want to meet the Monero tribe. I like this is why I connect. This is why I try to get in the comments. I want to interact. So, yeah. Hello. Did did we get Doug Casey? I mean, uh, has Doug Casey mentioned Monero at all or spoken about? 
Uh, oh, so, he's right? aware. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. My, Matt and him have talked about Monero several times. Okay. So he's he's very aware of Monero, and I would I would say probably definitely owns the Monero. Oh, Certainly cool. an early Bitcoin guy. Very cool. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap. We'll finish up with the price, price report, report yeah. so people can uh, see what's going on with that. I have no idea what's going on. I think I think Bitcoin obviously still in the doldrums, right? It's around, hovering around like nineteen k. I don't. Know, what's your? You, you have any price price predictions? Or do, do well, you talk price? You're just hoping for it to these, go down so you could so you can uh, snap. We're seeing the, some more. What, the great financial crisis in crypto right now is happening, and it's happening in a free market manner. So I'm totally cool with this. Guys are getting liquidated, took on too much leverage. Turns out high interest rates are bad for guys that are too leveraged. So possibly 10k Bitcoin seems 11k Bitcoin seems to be a thing. Oh wow! Like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think it could. But be. I feel like if everybody's hoping for that, right? It doesn't it happen right? Comes, right? unless yeah. you put it out there in the general consciousness, <laughs> and it just happens, right? So I think we're gonna see a, a, a liquidity crisis next. People are going to jump to dollars, sell whatever they got for dollars. I'm noticing guys buying silver, selling Bitcoin right now. I'm like, ooh, really? You want to do that? Okay. All right. Decent, Decent amount, amount, right? Yeah. For Decent the time amount. that we spent yeah. doing it, uh, once we get off, we'll, you know, it's just, it's just the, the, it's, uh, the bottleneck is talking to people, right? Because like it, it takes yeah. it takes 20 minutes to onboard a person because yeah. you're literally going from and, zero to Monero. And it just, it waiting for them to I, I just, I just yeah. have to say on Monerotopia because he'll never admit this, but I got the video on one of my videos. Max Kaiser was a fan. Yes, that's how I came across okay. it. Yeah, I saw our Max video on Max Kaiser yeah. knows. Yeah, that was back in the he day. He knows. And, uh, but now he like talks shit about it. Right yeah, now, but right? you know what? Which he also had the silver movement kind of gave up on it. But Max, like, come on back, bro. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, you just, Max is, you know, I love Max. He's He, he puts out a lot of good ideas. But he knows at the Except end of the Max day. Except for Max coin. That wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, fungibility matters. It matters. That's what makes gold good. He gets it. He yeah, gets he, it. He gets it. He understands. He's just got to push some. He holds So, yeah. All right. Let's do All it. All right. Let's do it. Let's put on the price report. The Monerotopia right. price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer-to-peer. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody's rocking as usual. I come back to you with weekly report number 40. And this report, in my opinion, is going to be epic. And you don't want to miss it because I'm going to discuss some key parameters that may be pertaining to our economy and pertaining to you today. So please stick till the very end of this video. So as we all know, inflation is something that eats away at our standard of living that we are so used to. That is our income doesn't keep pace with the rising prices, then the cost of living increases over time. So a high inflation rate can hurt the economy. And having said that, I just want to visit this meme. This guy gets a 3% raise, but the inflation keeps increasing to 8.5%. And on the right, what you see is a ship representing the high inflation. And what does the Fed do to bring it down? it increases the interest rates here in this example 0.25% basis points but it cannot do too much so inflation has kind of become a cancer in our economy it started in one area of the economy and then it's now spreading rapidly infecting other areas of the economy and it's hard to bring the inflation down in certain areas of economy such as probably rent or haircut or you know even food it might come down but it's quite hard and having said that, I want to discuss a number of parameters. Very first is a consumer price inflation. I'm just going to present how it is calculated and why it is important. A, a, a projection of the US debt. So if I were to say, hey, the debt was uh, about $10 billion in Obama times back in 2011. Today it stands at $30 trillion in 2022. What is the projection for, let's say, 2025? And that will probably shock most of you. And Garrett Soloway, renowned technical trader, came out with this. I quote, uh, Bitcoin to 3,500 again. Well, we're just going to take a visit at that if this is a possibility. And talking about the CPI, so I think some of you might know this and some of you may not. But just to touching the CPI measures the rate of inflation in an in economy which is probably one of the greatest threats to a healthy economy. In fact, this week, just a few days back, it was announced that the CPI came in hotter than expected, 
where the CPI increased by 0.4% and what happened? Markets took a hit. So I'll just try to break down in simple words what it all means and why it is important because CPI measures a range of consumer spending behaviors. And having said that, I want to just visit this small case study that I found. So in this, it depicts in this table the consumers in the economy spending a percentage of their wealth on food, fuel, clothes, and education for each of the years 2015 and 2019. So it's just a percentage breakdown of how they spend it. So what CPI really measures is how much the consumer spending increased or decreased between the two years. So 2015 is the base year and 2019 is the target year. So we want to find out how the consumer pricing Ha index has changed between the two years. So it's very simple. All we do is just take a, take a weighted average of 2015 numbers, just multiply, add and divide these numbers. And the same thing we do with 2019, the two columns that are highlighted. So we get two numbers for the uh, base year we had, the average spending was about $43. And for the given year, in this case, 2019, the average spending is $48. So how do we measure CPI? Very simple. Just divide this number by this number and multiply by 100. So in in a crux, what this means is between 2015 and 19, the average price the consumer spent in the economy increased by 13.14%. And that is as simple as it is. So having said that, now that you know what CPI is, I just want to dive into the charts quickly. So you would see the CPI increased by 0.4% in the last, you know, last now it was announced, uh, last one month. And this is concerning because that means we as consumers are spending more of our wealth when we are actually producing only so much while we are spending more. And at the same time, since the CPI is measuring the rate of inflation, not the inflation itself, but the rate of inflation as this is a CPI, inflation has actually come down in the last uh, few months However, this is not enough because the Fed has been increasing interest rates incessantly. It's increased. Now the interest rate is about 4.5%. They want to go, now it's like 4%. They want to go like 5 or 5.5%, which is not really bringing down the inflation as fast. But the CPI keeps increasing. And that's a concern because increase in CPI will take a hit on the markets and the confidence and reduce consumer spending. And what does does is basically bring down the stock markets as well. And I just want to touch upon a little bit about the US debt, where we stand in that. 1971 is when the US went off the gold standard. And that time the US national debt was about 300 billion or dollars. Today, we stand about 30 trillion dollars. In the Obama times in 2011, just 10 years back, we stood about 11 trillion dollars. You see how much has come up. And this is the logarithmic scale that I've plotted. And if I were to just project this, you know, just for fun for our viewers, how much longer will it take for us to get to 50 trillion US dollars? So this is just a conservative projection. There you go, 50 trillion. So what does that mean? Well, in another four years, not 10 years, another four years, three to four years, we are already there in 50 trillion. And this is rather, you know, very conservative. The way it is going, it's crazy. So I want to dive into the, uh, so, you know, these three things, these three things, the debt, the CPI and the inflation is like what the economists and the Fed sees to, you know, see how the economy works and what they can do with it to fix it. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem fixable. And having said that, I just want to get into the crypto charts. I, last time I touched upon, if you saw the last video from this channel, is that this period of volatility is, is similar to a couple of periods of volatility in the past, as you can see. So anything can happen. Well, moving on to the total crypto cap, you would see that we are sticking around $880 billion, which is pretty much the same as the 2017 bull market tops. And talking about the BTC USD chart, I have drawn some regression bands from for the history of bull bear cycles we have seen in Bitcoin. Here we see a draw from the top to the bottom of this bull bear cycle. And you see this pattern. And right now we are consolidating in this zone I marked as A. And here in this zone, Bitcoin trends in this $19,000, not doing too much activity. RSI is super low. 
relative strength index it's actually very very stable not seen in the history of bitcoin this way and if you see like the past the 2017-18 bear cycle again drawing the regression bands which is nothing but the standard deviation between the the, the two bands again bitcoin dropped from 6000 to 3000 and staying in the zone with low rsi and same thing in the past 2015 bitcoin dropped from 300 to 150 dollars and then it stuck to this low rsi range in fact it was a little high at that time but all i want to show is like this is the low volatile range that we have and what is a stark contrast this time is for bitcoin to drop from 20000 to 10000 into this band marked b is going to be quite hard in fact in my opinion people will be ready to sell their kidneys to get into bitcoin pun intended but uh, zone a remains as my sweet spot what garrett soloway said soloway said about 3500 bitcoin is the super black swan event which probably happens once in a century where bitcoin goes to $3,500 where it's like a dot-com 2001 crash which seems unlikely at the moment but this is what i can say either a spike towards $30,000 or a breakdown into the b zone but either which way 20,000 is my sweet spot that is all from me in this report i hope you have enjoyed it i have enjoyed it thoroughly presenting this for the last one year consistently and next week, I'm going to present my final price report. I hope you can stick out for that one. And I want to wish you a great week ahead. <laughs> Ciao. Thank you for joining us on this week's Mineratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey. Or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Mineratopia Telegram group. See you all next week.